American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Vespera Presentation. And this afternoon, we welcome Ron Miller. So, Ron, you are up. Okay. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's great to be back. And uh, I'd like to welcome you to this Thursday's meeting. We're going to talk about Braille. And uh, the official title said Braille on the Go. And I began to sit down and to write the notes for this meeting. And as I told uh, everybody here before we started, this is the only meeting that ended up with a real title. So the unofficial title of this particular time together is called Flexibility in Connectivity Leads to Agility and Portability. And I came up with that title as long as it is, simply because Braille on the go only happens with connectivity. And I'll, I'll explain a little more as we get into this. Um, so just so you know, this is, this is fairly informal. Uh, we're not going to do a lot of demo today. We're going to talk a lot today. So if somebody wants to post to the chat, I'm sure one of our hosts can read it and let us know if there are questions you can raise I don't hand. do chat well. Oh, you don't do chat well? <laughs> I do hand raising and unmuting. <laughs> All right, then here's the changed rules everybody. <laughs> I'm glad you said something. You cannot chat, well you could, but it may not get seen. So, uh alt y to raise your hand if you're using an iOS device, there's a raise hand button somewhere on the screen. Um and alt y is a toggle it will raise and lower your hand. Don't Would get you like funny me to do that, Ron. What, raising and lowering? <laughs> no, oh, they, would you they, like they, me to give the command? <laughs> sure, go for it. Yeah, you'd sound much smoother than I do, that's for sure. Okay. If you're on a PC, it's Alt-Y. When I give you the command that asks to unmute, then you can do Alt-A to unmute. If you're on a Mac, to raise your hand, it's Option-Y. When you get the request to unmute, it's Command-Shift-A. If you're on your iPhone, raise hand, or smartphone, Raise hand is in the middle of your screen, and then when you get the command that asks you to unmute, double tap on your mute, and then on a standard keypad, it is star nine, and then when I allow you to unmute, it's star six. There you go, sir. See, that was beautiful. This is like practicing brain surgery at home. You know, you should leave the things that are important to the professionals. So I will not practice brain surgery, and I will let you give this. And I will not practice freedom scientific and Vespero technical support. I'm sure you can. Well, I'm not a technical support. Well, I'm actually called a lot by people, but I'm not really a tech support person. (laughs) But a lot of people know my name, so it happens. It's not a problem. All right, so let's talk about what we're talking about. Now that you know you can ask questions and that kind of thing. So. I titled this what it was what it is titled flexibility and connectivity etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, because if and we're talking specifically specifically right now about the focus braille display because that's in my wheelhouse and what we do here and it's true of other braille displays as well okay, this isn't exclusive to focus but this is the the product that I can talk about best if you couldn't connect your braille display to multiple devices. Uh, and have simultaneity of connections, simultaneity of connectivity, um, this wouldn't be nearly as fun a topic. So let's start out. Now, I know the, the Focus Blue Braille display is a pretty well-known product, but I'll um, let you know that it can connect up to five devices simultaneously, six if you count the Bluetooth connection. I'm oh, sorry, six if you count the USB connection. I do that all the time, don't I? I mix them up. So five Bluetooth connections, one USB connection. And I think almost all the other Braille devices on the market now 
will do multiple Bluetooth and one USB connection. So that's fairly common. But in that ability lies agility. Okay. And I say that because, for example, I can, and this is especially true of the focus braille display, I can switch between any active connection, uh, up to six, counting USB, with just one keystroke. Now, some braille displays uh, have you go into a Bluetooth menu or a connections menu and then into a Bluetooth menu. We don't do that. There's a single keystroke uh, that'll let you switch between the six different connections, the five Bluetooth and the one USB. So it's really fast. And if you can do that, if you can switch between active connections or connections that become active quickly, all of a sudden, you can do some fun stuff. So, for example, my Focus Braille display is paired with my iPhone. It's paired with my work computer. It's paired with my home computer. Um, in the past, it's been paired with my wife's iPhone and my little boy's iPad because I needed to sometimes sneak on there and help out, or not sneak actually, but get on there and help out. So, for example, if I'm sitting and working away with my computer, either work or home, or if I have them both up and running and I'm switching between them, and I get a text, uh, I issue the keystroke, and I flip over, and the phone wakes up, and it grabs my Braille display, and I can see that I've gotten a text from somebody, and I can begin responding to that text. And in the midst of it, flip back and forth between my computer or whatever. You get the idea. You can move between these active connections. Now, it's cool to be able to look at my phone, okay? And that's really neat. But let's talk about where the on-the-go part of this happens because that can happen at my desktop. That can happen anywhere. But this kind of connectivity means that I can be connected to devices that I carry with me. Uh, I talk about switching between connections because that's just cool and very handy. I've literally been at a presentation when we could talk together in person at uh, maybe like the, uh, the national convention or whatever. And um, I'm reading my notes and a text will hit my phone. And I'll flip over and look, and it's it's something I needed to know uh, from a colleague. <laughs> In fact, I was at a national convention, um, fired a text off to, uh, I, I won't mention names, but I had to get some information from work. Text came in, I flipped over and looked at it, and went back to my notes. And the people we were presenting to had no clue that uh, that this was going on. You know, but that agility, that ability to look up stuff, and it's actually even cooler than if I were sighted because all everybody sees is I'm, I'm using my Braille display and they don't know I've actually started texting where most folks would have to drag out their phone and look at it. You can see the text. Uh, don't tell him I told you. <laughs> He'll know if you listen to this, I suppose. So don't tell anybody else. But Jonathan Mosen and I were at a, at a presentation and I forget where we were, but there were a lot of people there. And, um, he, he began to text me. He had some comment he wanted to make and a question to ask, and we started texting back and forth. We weren't speaking. A third person was speaking at the moment. I think it was my boss, who at the time was Brad Davis. And uh, at one point, Jonathan texts, this is kind of like passing notes in class. I said, yeah, don't tell Brad. So there's some, there's some kind of whimsical ways to use this, but there are also some very important ways to use this and have that, that agility in your connectivity, right? So let's talk about being able to take this ability on the go. And the landscape of computing and everything in the last 12 years, almost 15 years now, has really changed. And the big game changer way back in, was it 2009, was the iPhone, the 3GS, where voiceover suddenly appeared. And all of a sudden, you had a device you could stick into your pocket and it would do some things. You could do some, some good basic computing. You could do text. You could read your, your uh, uh, caller ID and all that stuff. And they, they added Braille support really quickly. So beginning with that, um, devices began to become on the go. And they were speech and they were Braille enabled. Windows tablets came out, Windows laptops. Uh, those showed up. So you've got iOS and Android devices, you've got Windows tablets and little Windows laptops. Laptops are much smaller than they used to be. My apologies for the Anvil chorus in the background. I've had to change locations due to my Wi-Fi connection. Anyways, you've got these devices that you can carry, and work that you want to do or play that you want to do is literally at your fingertips now. So, uh, you know, if the device permits it, 
And I know some of the uh, the Windows devices will let you now, and a lot of the Android, and, and of course the iPad. If it'll permit it, if it'll handle it, you can leave your device in a backpack and just use your Braille display. And that's really handy if you're in a car, on a bus or train or plane. Uh, I've done that. And it's pretty cool to have the only thing that's out is my Braille display. And there's no earphones. There's no cable going from me to the device. Um, it's very transparent. It's very quiet. If I'm in a noisy environment, I can use it. If I'm in an airport or someplace where I don't want my, whether it's my texts or the work I'm doing, or whatever, you know, babbled out in speech, and I want to have headphones on so I, or not have headphones on so I can hear the uh, environment around me, Braille and whatever device I'm working with becomes really handy. So you can work on the go. You can study on the go. Uh, you can use OneDrive, Dropbox, um, your iCloud connection or Google Docs, right? And there's other similar services that let you share your work over uh, or your school files uh, between devices, between your computer in the office or in the dorm or at home and uh, whatever portable device you're carrying. So that by itself has opened up the abilities uh, to work on the go, okay? Uh, depending on the application being used, uh, you can maintain document formatting um, as editing is performed on the go, okay? Some, some apps won't let you do that, some will, but this is especially achievable if you're using Office 365, which is what I use on a Windows-based tablet or a laptop, um, because if you've done that, you're using Office, Office is on your on-the-go device. You never have an issue saving your document and it's saying, well, I got to save this as RTF or I've got to save this as TXT. Your formatting stays the same. All of that stays the same. And if you're using a cloud-based service to keep your files synced up, the changes you make on the go show up at your desktop, show up at your home, show up at your office. So it's easily achievable. Keep your document integrity good uh, if you're using Office 365. If you're using something like um, Google Docs, either in the Windows environment or on an Android-based device, uh, Google Docs is, of course, really good about also keeping all of your, as a friend of mine used to call it, all of your pretties, all of your formatting, tables, all of that stuff. And the Google accessibility team has made great strides forward in being sure that uh, the Google suite of applications, uh, G Suite, I believe is now what it's called, uh, is accessible using speech and using Braille on a broad number of platforms, uh, a number of platforms. So that's available. And again, if you're going to work with documents, whether it's for school or for work or for fun and profit, uh, you can keep your formatting, your document stays the same, you maintain document integrity through all of your changes. And that can be very important depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Mobile versions of Outlook are available now and other mail programs, so you can manage your emails on the go. And I think a lot of us have done that with an iPhone. And, you know, all by itself, uh, we're used to that. We're used to that interface. Um, Outlook on the go. So, like, Outlook for iOS provides great Braille support, okay? The iOS's own native mail client does as well. Uh, I like Outlook because it'll, it'll, you know, mimic all my folders and my subfolders and everything else. And we use it at work and I use it here at home. So I, I have the Outlook app on my iPhone. That's not endorsing just the iPhone. Uh, Outlook, I, iOS Outlook app is just what I'm using. As I said, the uh, iOS's own mail client does a pretty good job. And for those of you that use Gmail, uh, there is a, uh, a Gmail app as well, which I've used. And again, good speech and Braille output. And for me, as a Braillester, I can borrow that term, uh, it, it works really well to just have the Braille display. The phone can stay in my pocket, or if I'm using a tablet device, it stays in the backpack. And uh, mail works well, okay? If you're using a Windows device, you've got several Windows clients. Obviously, MS Outlook works well with Braille on a tablet or a laptop or whatever you're using. But there's others as well. Um, there's web-based access tools as well. Uh, and I'm thinking of uh, specialty tools that you want to take on the go. Uh, recently, I went back to college, and uh, so I'm, I'm now carrying both a master's program and working full-time, and uh, the college I'm at uses Blackboard. So I'm now discovering using Blackboard, and uh, it lends itself well both in the Windows environment and also on iOS, so that works pretty well. 
And uh, for those of you that are studenting, I know I've gotten some questions in the past about Blackboard. And I've had to say, I don't know. I've never used it. Well, now I've used it, and it works pretty well. It really does. So depending on the OS that you're using, uh, you can do your PowerPoint. I can't talk today. Your PowerPoint presentations. And that's just not on, that's not just on Windows. Obviously, if you're using uh, Office 365, Microsoft PowerPoint works well, but there are apps that'll work on an iOS platform. And I picked up a little tiny dongle, uh, that it's an adapter that plugs into the lightning connector on the bottom of my iPhone and lets me plug in, uh, to an HDMI cable so I can use my phone to do PowerPoint presentations and send them right to a projector. So you can, you can share your content, obviously, with your class. <clears throat> um, other contents used by the instructor. You can download and read uh, all of my class notes. It's great. Uh, are all on PowerPoint presentations now. So school, by the way, is, is a whole new world. I, I went to school back in the 80s, early 90s, and that was in the days of overhead projectors. So it's pretty fun doing PowerPoint, but that lets me pick up all of my stuff and carry it away with me. All of my textbooks are carryable now. Okay, So you know, for example, a package that will let you take your Braille on the go and your tasks on the go would be a Windows tablet, the Focus 40 Blue, and a Perl camera. And that's an awesome package for a student, uh, for somebody who's involved in business. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I add the Perl camera because the Perl breaks the paper barrier for you. Okay. So... If you're taking Windows on the go with you, there's a, a number of advantages. It is the most widely used operating system, even today, uh, in government, in workplaces, and education. So you find compatibility. It's very widely used in universities and colleges. And it's geared for producing content, uh, things like documents, email presentations, and stuff we've sort of kicked around here. Um, obviously, Office, we've talked about that. It guarantees full file support of documents. And all the other things, spreadsheets and PowerPoints. I'm not going to belabor that too much. But if you've got Windows on the go, you've got JAWS on the go, okay? And that's huge all by itself because, again, speech and Braille support is really, really great. Um, you've got a wide range of devices to choose from, okay? And a lot of them are they're, they're powerful. They're very portable, both tablets and compact laptops. And they're at pretty good prices now. As I said, the years have been very kind to us for trying to do that. If you're using JAWS on the go, you've got feature-rich and robust Braille support. I'm reading my notes as we're talking from JAWS. I've been controlling my computer this whole time using JAWS and Braille. Speech is turned off. It just makes for a better interface. Um, one of the cool things you can get with JAWS, um, if you've got charts, slides, JAWS will, JAWS will describe the, uh, the visual components, which is pretty neat. Things like text analyzer, if you're trying to write, it'll tell you about discrepancies and issues in your documents. I use Research It all the time. Have you guys checked out Research It? Um, there's some neat things in Research It, everything from finding out time zones and area codes to headlines from the BBC and Reuters, and, uh, MSNBC and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. And with regard to this package, I think the most important thing is convenient OCR and picture smart. If you've got a Perl camera, you can acquire images and get OCR on the go and save the OCR content, the content of those, whether it's a handout or books you're trying to look at real quickly or whatever, you can save those as a Word document right on the fly. And it's also very customizable. You can script stuff. You can do all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, you know, I find it really useful. I use it with my PC. I use it with my Braille display. Uh, for a long time, I carried a Windows tablet, and I thought that was great because I could just tuck it away and use it as well. So that's a very doable thing. Um, let me let me ask, are there any questions this far, since it's been sort of a long run-a-log here? You don't have any hands raised yet, Ron. Okay. Well, I think a lot of folks know this. I think a lot of folks are, are already doing on-the-go things. Whether they're using Braille or not, I don't know. So that's that's the Windows side of things, but things have changed a lot with iOS, even since those days of the Apple 3GS, um, whether you've got an iPad or an iPad mini and focus Braille display or another Braille display. Um, you've, again, got a portable package. You've got really robust Braille support in VoiceOver. I know, I know, for those of you there 
that are saying, wait, there's some things that need to be worked on. Yeah, there's some, there's some Braille issues in, uh, in voiceover. But overall, it's great Braille support, and they keep improving it. They add things all the time. Um, they do fix the bugs, maybe not as quickly as we'd like to. I'm not sure Braille takes precedence over other stuff. But truly, to be able to carry a device like an iPad with you and you get you know, 15 or 20 hours of battery life, you can connect it to your, uh, your focus. And again, leave, the, uh, leave your iPad in your backpack or whatever and work away. It's a pretty good deal, and it's at a pretty good price. Um, the things you can do on the go, again, studenting, working, whatever. If you've got a DAISY-enabled reading app for work or for school or just for reading books, there's a bunch of those out there. Well, okay, a bunch, maybe too many. But I can think of uh, three just off the top of my head for reading DAISY books. They all work pretty well. Um, the one that I've played with the most, and this is a, a, for, it's a, it's a for pay version, uh, is Voice Dream Reader. And again, I'm not endorsing that above any others, but I do know that if I park my, uh, my focus in the middle of the uh, text, I can use my Braille display and pan through a document and read it quite successfully. I can navigate by page and paragraph and uh, chapter and all that kind of stuff and have good Braille output, good Braille support. It's a different UI, different user interface. You have to kind of get to know how to use it with your Braille display, but it works well. I've read a lot of books that way uh, without using speech. Um, Read2Go is, of course, one of the other ones. I have not played with it. Braille, maybe some others can chime in if you've used Read2Go in a daisy book. Not an audio book, obviously, but a, a book with, with Braille text. And uh, let us know if you're, if you're using Braille successfully with that. Okay. Um, you've got text editing, you know, get a text editing app for taking notes in class or on the go. iOS's own notes app lends itself okay to that. It's very basic, but it does work. Um, there are other apps out there. The Google suite is now on phones, obviously, and there's some others. And you can do text. I say, I shouldn't say text editing. I should say documents editing. So you can take your class notes. You can do other things. And again, since iOS is part of the connectedness of everything. You can share those documents back to your PC, um, wherever that happens to be based. And, of course, the Notes app. It's very basic, but it is a good, quick notes editor and note taker. You can put date stamps in. You can create lists. You can do some cool stuff. And the Braille support's really good there. You can use a native or a third-party app, again, such as Outlook, Gmail. We talked about all that to do all of your, your emails reading, writing, all those kind of things. So, <laughs> um, I keep my calendar uh, up to date. I use Outlook. Again, that's, that's, I don't know if I'd call it a bias, but that's just because I use them work I use it at home. But whether you're using the calendar app on your phone, which works very well, again, with speech and Braille, clock and calendar both work, um, but the native calendar app, or if you pick up a third-party application, all of a sudden, your calendar's in your pocket. And for a procrastinator like me, that's really important because you can track your class assignments. You can track your work, things that you have to do, and that stays with you. You can set reminders. You can do all those things, and you can do all of this without speech. Okay? I think everybody knows at this point that the Focus Braille display comes in three different flavors. There's a 14, a 40, and an 80-cell Braille display. They're three different sizes. Uh, I don't think a lot of people take their Focus 80s on the go. That's kind of big. You could. It does have a, a battery built in. It lasts about 10 hours on a charge for the 80-cell display. And you can pair it with your iPhone. I did for quite a while because it was great to read books on my iPhone with an 80-cell display. Uh, but that was at my desk or sitting, you know, when I had to read a lot of material. Um, it's not super portable, though I guess you could do it if you wanted to. But the Focus 14... The other end of the spectrum was actually designed specifically for smart devices, for the iPhone and Android market, for the iPad market. And if we talk about Braille on the go, the Focus 14 fits into kind of a little niche all by itself because it's very portable. Um, you know, the, the Focus 14 and an iPhone, it's a package that lends itself to just being put into a, a couple of pockets and taken away. And it aims at the things you would do with your phone on the go. It lends itself to basic tasks like handling text messages, maybe doing some email stuff, um, using navigation programs. There's some great programs out there that use GPS 
and they do, do they do provide good Braille output. Um, the Apple Maps program that's right on your iPhone or iPad uh, works really well with that. Okay, uh, again, back to our Notes app for simple note taking, those kind of things. The other thing that's very cool. Uh, some give you better Braille support than others, is currency identification. And you might say, well, I can just hold the bill up and it'll talk to me and tell me. And you're right, you could do that. But what if I'm deafblind? Okay, or for some other reason, using speech to identify my money. <laughs> I'm sorting my bills and I'm in a semi-public place, so I'm trying to handle my, my cash quickly, get it sorted. Maybe I'm at a table or, you know, I've just done a transaction. I've gotten a lot of change back and the person didn't help me organize it. I might not want all these denominations being spoken out loud. Now, I haven't played with all of the money identification apps out there. I know there's at least one or two. Um, I have played with um, uh, Seeing AI, which I believe is by Microsoft. And the nice thing about Seeing AI is when it performs one of its functions, you can press N cord, N with spacebar on your Braille display, and you will, you'll be able to read through the, the last messages spoken. So all of a sudden on your Braille display, if it gave you a, a denomination that popped and then it was dismissed because you took the phone away from the bill or something else uh, distracted it, press N with space and you can use the right nav rocker and navigate back to that message if it's not the first one being shown. And you can read the identity of the money. So you can read your bills in, in privacy with quiet. This, this is, is Gerard from Boston. I just, uh, how do you say you could download books from the iPhone? Well, there's several different ways to do it. Um, if you're using, and again, my, 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 uh, my book reader uh, experience is kind of limited. So, for, for example, uh, in, in VoiceStream Reader, there's actually a way to specify your, I'll use Bookshare as my example. Uh, there's a search there's a search field you can put in your book title, and you can specify you're looking through Bookshare, and it'll find it for you. Or you can actually browse the book catalog. You can press a cursor router over the title, double-click it, and do the downward uh, download process. I don't know if Larry knows uh, and can speak to any other uh, apps. But that's the no, one I those are the ones use. I know. That's the one you know, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. The other one I do is uh, NLS Bard, and you can download Braille books. It doesn't speak it well, but that's okay. You can certainly read your your popular mechanics of the month or whatever in Braille, and it'll work out pretty well. You just have to turn contracted Braille off so that you don't get contracted Braille contracted again because then it doesn't read well at all. So there's a couple of options for you. No, so I just ask it, I say, hey, Siri, download the NSL books. No, you'll have to actually install the application. There's uh, applications on iOS. I tell you what, I can't get really in-depth here, but if you want to send me an email, I'd be happy to help point you in that direction. Would that work? Oh, yeah. What's your email again? It is rmiller, so R-M-I-L-L-E-R, at Vispero, V like Victor, I-S like Sierra, P like Papa, E-R-O, Vispero.com. rmiller at Vispero.com. That's V I S P E R O, yeah. Correct. Dot com. Yeah. Miller. That's me. R Miller at Vespero dot com. And yeah, I, I used to drink Millers. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I didn't make it. Wrong call. Oh, gotcha. Less, I didn't realize. Now yes. less is less is unmuted, so okay. okay. So I wanted to throw out another option for Braille on the go. Oh great, uh, go for it. Yeah. I uh, purchased a MacBook Air earlier this year. Oh, yeah. Okay, tell us. It's a very sleek machine. It weighs about two pounds, and it's very fast. And as a matter of fact, this morning, I paired my focus with it because I needed to read a serial number, some work I was doing, oh, and Braille yeah. was the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm retired now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm retired now, but I'm hoping that... My wife and I will be traveling later this winter, mm-hmm. and my plan is to take the Mac and, of course, the L-Braille Focus combination. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll have access to Windows or the Mac. And Mac. Well, man. Yeah. It's like double so, dipping. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, um, and, it's, and it's really a, a good way to go here because um, being away, and as you know, you can get internet connectivity uh, relatively easily these days. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty excited about the prospect of having uh, the L barrel for Windows, which, of course, has the focus attached, and then the uh, two-pound Mac laptop, which I have. Right. So um, I just wanted to throw that out as another option for people. I think um, it's a great it, idea. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it wasn't hard to pair, just like you do with the iPhone. Right. Uh, you just you just have to go into you know the Braille settings and and set it up and saw it right away and, and connected. Um, so um, that just gives me additional flexibility, um, not only hopefully on the plane, but at our destination, I'll have access to everything I need. Again, it's not like working, but hey, we have enjoyment needs when we're retired and That's right. uh, this is a great way to do it and you're doing it with only two devices you're, you're packing That's two things and you're done That's pretty correct. cool yep i like that i like that a lot oh and you you do know that uh when we release the new focus build uh for the focus braille displays you can opt not to have to put in the four zeros right you know that's coming yes when you're pairing so that's coming yes that'll be very nice <laughs> that's right <laughs> one less thing to do one less thing to do, unless you're in a room full of Braille displays. That's what we originally, the original focuses, foci, foci, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, didn't have the requirement for a uh, uh, a serial number, um, not a serial number, but a... Uh, pairing code. Pairing code. Thank you. Yeah, I went blank there. No problem. And we went to our first convention, you know, national convention, and we were showing focuses, and... Uh, there was a million Braille displays. You know, I was trying to pair somebody's phone with their new Focus or whatever, and it was really tough. We'd have to leave the exhibit hall and go find some corner somewhere so we could actually pair it because they all said, you know, uh, BT Braille or whatever, and it, it wasn't very useful. <laughs> we said, we got to do something about that, and that's when we came up with the, the pairing scheme and the, the ability to see your Bluetooth MAC address and stuff. So, yeah. Necessity, literally the mother of invention at that point. Yes. Okay, well, thanks, Les. That's an awesome idea. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Chanel? Um, so you mentioned using voice stream and that, that is a great app on the focus. Do you actually have buttons to move by page or heading in voice stream? Or do you have to go to that navigation thing and then go select whatever you want? And then my other question was, you said jaws could describe charts and things. And then you also mentioned doing PowerPoint from your iPhone or maybe I misinterpreted or heard incorrectly. So that's all. There you go. Good. Okay. Let me, let me try to get them in order. Got to remember my forgettery is better than my memory here. So, um, voice stream, it, it does, it has the same controls that you would access when you're flicking, you know, using a swipe, uh, to move across the screen. Except if you're using a focus, you could use the right nav rocker and navigate right to that control. So you go over to unit, set it up for page or whatever you want. And you, you invoke that by just clicking a cursor router. So you can do this whole thing and never have to touch your phone or your iPad. Um, and then once you've picked the unit, of course, you, you again, it's just like you would do it using your finger and swiping. You move to the, uh, to the element and either go backward or forward by the unit you've picked. So it works really well. And if, I'm, if I remember correctly, and I haven't used VoiceStream in a little while, I believe, I believe you can use the, um, the rocker bars to move up or down by page. Uh, once you're in the in the text, so it lends itself pretty well. And as you're reading through the body of the text, it'll turn pages for you. You can just keep reading forward, or if you're panning backwards, it'll go back the other way. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember your other question. I warned you that would happen. Um, what were the other questions? Uh, you said oh. something about Jaws describing. Charts oh, that's right, or describing charts and things. So that is really the flexibility. You can set Jaws up to read your row and column uh, headers as you're moving through oh, your titles. Oh, that, yes. And have okay. it do all that kind of stuff. And what's nice is it can be done what I what I do because I'm not going to remember, you know, 15 uh, column titles as I'm moving across or row titles. I set it up to speak it as I'm moving from cell to cell, and you can set it up to display it in Braille as you're moving right. from cell to cell as well. Sorry, I thought you were talking about like graphs or line like charts or things like no, that. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I know about the title thing. Yeah, that's pretty well known, but it, it makes it really, um, it, it makes it very usable and very approachable as you're trying to, especially if it's a complex chart. And the focus doesn't connect to any online things like Bard or Bookshare or anything. You, no, not by okay. itself. It's a okay. dumb device. I mean, and, and I say that, you know, without 
without any regret. It's, it's a dumb display. Um, it's going to show you what it's received, uh, and it's going to send upstream what you press. The exception is the scratch pad, and you can take and either you could pop the little tiny micro SD card out of the unit, or you can just use it as a, a remote uh, memory device, and you can load books onto it. It'll read BRF-formatted books or text files. You can look at either one of those. So you can take a book on the go with you or a bunch of books and read just using the, uh, the focus. And that I didn't mention that in what we're doing because it's probably the least complex of these, but it can be and act as your, as your book reader and a real basic note-taker. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Myrna? So, so Ron, a couple of ways that you can do iOS. I love Voice Stream Reader too, um, but you can do Kindle books on. Yes, uh, indeed, they're on my list. I hadn't gotten there yet. Yes, you can. Do and you can do Apple Books. And the person who really it's talked about a lot is Jonathan Mosen. Yeah, he does a lot of that, doesn't he? And some too. And 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 Ron, the device on which I'm now is crying because you didn't mention her, the L Braille. Well, I know, and that's, that's, I figured we had talked about that so much, I wanted to kind of to touch on folks who didn't have an L Braille, but were still well, taking Braille uh, on the go. Right, but you're but right. It is, it is because you have, um, you know, because you have a tablet in a way. I mean, you're, you know, you've got. You've got Windows, that's right. And then, and when L Edit comes out, you're going to be. That'll be awesome. Yeah, L Edit yeah, is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And if you've got an iOS device or a Mac, you can do what Les is doing, and you're, you carry a couple of platforms in just two pieces. Exactly. <laughs> it's great. So it's, almost wor- it's almost worth it like to carry your, I mean, if you wanted to, like carry your Elbrow on a Mac or Elbrow, and you've got your iPhone anyway. And or a so- Chromebook. I'm in the middle of learning Chromebook right now, so I'm hoping to do a Chromebook and Braille webinar sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be awesome. Would be- I'm working on it right now. I'm doing Chromebook classes. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, and you, you mentioned Kindle. And Kindle is great because, yes, you can read it with your iPhone and Braille, and it works really well. The text flows beautifully. All of the options are available. But Kindle for Windows, Kindle for PC yes. works really yes. well, too. Yes. Okay, so whether it's L Braille or your Windows tablet or whatever, you've got a Surface. Or if you've got yep. the big bucks, a Surface Pro. I don't have that many shekels. So but that'll work with Braille. And the Kindle works beautifully with that. I'm, I'm reading my textbooks on that for college right now. I mean, if you had Surface, if you didn't even have a Braille, if you had Surface and, and the Focus, and when it comes out, you've got this nice small package. Oh, yeah. That, that you could really, you know, you, you, you could, you've got Braille. And like you say, hands-free, hands-free Braille, too, when that, when, you know, when that gets released. Or, so. as, or as hands-free as Braille gets anyways. <laughs> exactly. Beth, you may unmute. Hey, everybody. Um, there you are. I've had a couple of, hey, I've had a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. First of all, I know you're just starting to use the, um, uh, the name of it just went out of my head, the, 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 the unit, the, oh, Chromebook, Chromebook. I'm just how, getting into it, yep. Yeah, how are you, can, can you comment anything about the accessibility of that? And also, unrelated, but, well, it kind of is, but anyway, how, what is the state of Braille translation these days? I mean, when when you're reading along and if you have speech going and you're hearing Cartoon the speech. What are you <laughs> yeah. hearing? What a sighted person would actually be seeing, or are you hearing? Are you hearing it in Braille? Yeah, you're hearing percent all that kind of stuff. I know what you're meaning. Yeah, it's a cartoon cusper. So here's the deal. Um, first of all, uh, I I can't talk definitively about Chromebook yet because I'm literally uh, taking it in hand and learning it. But um, ChromeVox, which is their their screen reader, seems to work really well. Um, I don't like the way it pronounces the word button. <laughs> but that's it says button and it makes me crazy. But um, that's you know I, I I knew some people in California that said button that way. So what can I say? Um, I'm a native Californian, so I can poke fun. Oh, okay. Um, before any other Californians get mad at me, but some people say button. But it's yeah. it, the Braille support at least looks pretty good. I don't know about Braille input or any of those kind of things yet. And I hope to speak more about it later, but it's very. Yeah, I would be interested in a in a a session on that when you get more. I hope to. I hope to talk about G Suite and all of that kind of stuff. It's on my list of things to do. Cool. And then um, what was oh, Braille translation. Oh, translation translation generally. Okay. So here is 
it's been mentioned once, L-Edit, which is coming, and it's going to start with the L-Braille. But it's a suite of applications at Alita Group, which is the company that, that uh, has created the L-Braille for us. Um, it is a suite of, uh, well, L-Suite is a suite of applications that they're going to be fielding. The first is L-Edit. And L-Suite in general is, uh, they're not reinventing the wheel. There's enough Windows apps to do email and, and you know, chat or whatever. So the L-Suite will try and fill the gaps where Windows doesn't do so well. And one of the things Windows doesn't do is it doesn't cope with Braille at all. So you could open up a, a BRF, a Braille formatted file in, say, Notepad, and you can read it just fine. But as you say, you try to use speech, and it's horrible. It's, it's, it's just it's whatever the ANSI characters use to represent the Braille character. L-Edit, uh, working, with the, uh, working with the JAWS development team, uh, they've made changes in the 2022 version of JAWS, which will be released uh, probably by the end of October. And uh, L-Edit and JAWS working together, you'll be able to open up a Braille file, read it on your Braille display, and JAWS will read it correctly out loud. I've got a beta version. I'm one of the beta testers for this. Um, I, I, I've already pulled down, say, from BART. I grabbed some popular mechanics volumes and a cookbook, and uh, it reads them just fine out loud. So you'll be able to listen to contracted Braille with the L-Edit app. After it's been released, they're also going to make it available for general use on Windows PCs, so you'll be able to get that and use it. So yes, you'll have Braille translation. Not only will it read it properly, you can use it to forward and back translate text to Braille, Braille back to text. They'll have a utility for for back translating a Braille document and then saving it to Microsoft Word so you can capture stuff um, that you may have composed in Braille or if you're doing research and you've pulled down. I've got a bunch of science and other texts that I originally took as BRF files. And if I ever wanted to quote them, now I've got to kind of hand translate it, right? But once I've got L-Edit up and running, I can, you know, copy my my text and paste it. And once I'm ready and I've got my uh, my my quotes and my, my this is even stuff. a stronger stronger feature for the Elbril and we're and I'm loving this. Oh I yeah, really it's am. great. And even on my PC, I'm going to put it on my regular yep. laptop. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> wow. How about when you're using the iPhone with with Braille? If you have your input to grade, well, I'm going to call it grade two. I forgot what they call it. And your output to grade one. Yep. Well, computer Braille actually, but yeah. Yeah. What. What what are you and and if if you're listening to it also are you hearing what in other words if if I show I I guess I I don't understand what translation is is actually doing are you hearing the grade two or are you hearing the grade one are you hearing what a sighted person would see on the screen so let me get in context what are we are we reading are we say in a in a, in a text field that you're writing let's say, it let's say that you're your writing brain? something okay. So you're using your Braille display. You would have you would have both input and output set to whatever flavor of grade two Braille you want, whether it's UEB or uh, you know US Bana North American Braille of the old days, mm-hmm. um, or whatever. You actually want your phone set to contracted Braille both in and out because what's happening is as you're Brailing into your edit field, you're, you're sending a text: "Hi mom, I'm riding on a camel. It's been a great vacation." You're <laughs> yeah. writing all of this in contracted Braille. And the iPhone is smart enough. This happens with JAWS as well if you're writing into a Word document or whatever with your Braille display. It's smart enough to back translate. And so what comes up on the screen is the regular text characters. And what's put into that, into your text or into your Word document if you're you're on your PC, for example, is the actual characters. So you're not getting, if you were to take and put raw Braille, so you opened up Notepad, you turned off back translation in JAWS, you get. Uh, I call it cartoon cuss words because it's percents, dollar signs, and exclamation mm-hmm, yeah. points. Okay. But if you have things set up correctly, so in, in your iPhone, let's say, or your iPad, you've got contracted Braille on both for input and output. Um, your your device is smart enough, and actually it's voiceover that's smart enough to look at that and go, oh, we got to back translate this. And it will actually back translate it from contracted Braille to text. So you got to be real careful not to write the contractions for of and the together, like well, I used to do. Me, me and me both, and by, right? Okay. For of the. Well, Ian, I've gotten used to not doing that. By was the hardest one to get rid of the drop J. But if you want, if you want that Braille code, you can go into Braille settings on your iOS device, and you can change and select that code. It's happy to do that for you. 
Hmm. Okay. And then I'll you can use that. the regular. Yeah. Then you can use the regular North American contractor. Okay. Right? All right. Thank you. Way. You're welcome. Okay, Viola. It's Viola, and hi, Ron, and I will just say thank you. I'm not going to open a can of worms by explaining. You're very welcome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, You were talking about North American Braille because I I refuse to learn the new one. Oh. It's just me. I hear you. You and and, and thousands of other people who who used to say we need better representation of what's on the printed page, and then when we got it, everybody complained. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, my my husband who works at the Washington Talking Book and Braille Library says that with this new one, the volumes, there's more volumes and there's more. There are. Larger. Yeah, Um, it's a good 20% bigger. That's true. But the thing that I wanted to ask you is, okay, so how do I change and get that old code that I like better and be able to use by and of the and all <laughs> Put of me that. in context. And, and what, what OS are we talking about? Um, oh, 15. Oh, in, in uh, iOS? Yeah. Okay, so not Windows. Not Windows. Um, I will send me an email because I, I don't want to go. I'll send you a step-by-step. And oh, I, I hate to do okay. that here because some people will want to know and the others are going to be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on with it, you know. But yeah, okay. that's I'll, I can definitely... You know, point you in that direction. Okay, great. Thank you. Give me give me a few days to get it out to you because I have to sit down and compose this missive. <laughs> All right. You have no more hands and you have seven minutes. We have a few minutes left. I want to talk about GPS for a minute and GPS with Braille. And people wouldn't think maybe that GPS lends itself because it's talking and it's giving you directions. And I, again, I've talked to people who have used Braille with, you know, their, their, their GPS app of choice, and some work better than others. I, I won't name names right now. Uh, I already said that the Apple Maps, which is native to your iOS device, works great, and I use it all the time. Um, and I'll tell you the place that I use, and talk about Braille on the go. Uh, my wife sees, my wife is the driver, uh, because I bash into things when I drive, and it's bad for the car. Uh, and I use GPS there all the time, because the Braille support um, in maps, in Navigon, in, in a number of Navigon, I guess it's sort of gone by the wayfi- wayside, but map, maps, uh, ways I've used as well. And you can set it up, and it's, it is really kind of cool and kind of empowering to actually help during a trip and be the navigator. So my wife keeps her eyes on the road. We do turn the talking turn-by-turn directions on, so it says in 1,500 feet, turn left or whatever. But when that's all happening, I'm looking, I've got speech muted, of course, because you don't want, whether it's voiceover speech or whose speech, uh, covering up the driver's turn-by-turn directions. But I'm looking at the screen in Braille, and what you may not realize is as you're coming up to a maneuver, on the screen, you have a distance till that maneuver is performed. So whether it's, you know, a mile and a half or whatever, we might be coming down to, we've, we've done this. Um, Excuse me. Um, we're down to coming up on a turn, and there's short little blocks. We're in a dense city center, and um, my wife's like, "Well, you know, there's this street here, and then there's another just a little block. I don't know which street it is." Well, on screen, it tells you 800 feet, 600 feet, 400 feet, 250 feet, 100 feet, and so I've actually, you know, told her, "Okay, we're you know 500 feet, 400, 350. Oh, okay, I got it. That's the one I want." And she she'll be able to figure out. Is it this little short block or do we go up another short block? Um, or I can, I can look ahead and tell her, you know, that we're going to turn off here, make a left, then a right. So you, you become the navigator. You have access to that. Now, I use it mostly in a family setting. But if you are with a Lyft driver or an Uber driver and they get lost, and oh, believe me, it's happened, you can, if you must, bring up your own navigation and talk them to your destination. So there's some neat applications for Braille and mapping applications on the go, whether you just don't want it talking and you're going to keep a hand on your display as you walk or whatever, or if you're in a vehicle and you want to keep track. And the other thing that's useful is some of the nav apps that are out there give you some really good transportation uh, information as you're on a bus, you're on a train, you're commuting to and from places. I don't really have that here. Uh, in Florida, in the city I live in, mass transit's you know pretty sparse. Uh, but in a lot of other places, I understand that... Uh, you know, they'll tell you what bus is coming or what train is coming. There's some apps that do these things, and that's pretty cool. And, again, all available for you in Braille, and you can take it with you on the go as well. 
Okay. You have a hand raised. All right. This is Beth from New Mexico. Welcome um, aboard. I'm wondering, okay, so your iOS does have Braille settings as well? It sure does. If you go into, uh, got to think, accessibility and then voiceover and drill down through voiceover, you'll see Braille settings. Can you do those by dictation or do you have to scroll to it? Oh, no, you absolutely can. You press and hold your home button if you've got one or, or invoke, you know, your 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 Siri commands, however you're going to do it, depending on your on your phone, and just say, open voiceover settings. Um, it won't open Braille settings. That'll confuse it. But if you tell it open voiceover settings, it'll take you into voiceover, and then you can just navigate to Braille settings. Okay. I don't have a Braille display currently, but I want to... Oh, you can still look at it if you want to see. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also, that's the 6S. Would it have the Braille settings, too? The six, oh yeah, this is a it's a voiceover function. So any any iOS device that's running voiceover is going to be able to do that for you. Yeah. Okay. Anything from um, a three GS forward has that capability. Okay. Hmm, that's cool. <laughs> yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for being with us. Uh huh. Okay, Ron, you've got about two minutes. Two minutes. So I don't have this really profound closing. I would just, I would urge people though, if you're, if you have a Braille display and you've got a portable device and you really haven't been using your Braille display. So you've been wearing, you're out in public, you're wearing an earbud. I'll give you one. You're, you're at, uh, you're at to dinner with somebody. Um, you can use a number of different apps and you can actually a lot of times locate the menu for your restaurant. Okay. All access is a free app that'll let you do that. Um, TripAdvisor will let you do that. Uh, all menus will do that, and they're all free. And you can sit and have a nice conversation and peruse the menu while your friends are all perusing the menu. They don't have to read it to you out loud. Um, you know, I know they don't mind, but it is nice not to have that happen all the time. Um, so, you know, I, I throw that out there as it's not school, it's not work, it's not, you know, but it's, it is a nice thing to be able to do when you're all out with people and stuff. So it's another way. Take your Braille with you and start using it in different venues. Turn speech off. <laughs> Contact That's, information. How about that? I can do that. Yeah, I just, I, I see we still have a minute or two. So if you want to get a hold of me, can I use that term? If you wish to reach me, I can be emailed at rmiller. That's just R like Ron and Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, at Vispero, V-I-S. P-E-R-O dot com. Miller at Vispero.com and I'd be happy to answer um, within reason. If you're asking a tech support question, I might forward you on to tech support. <laughs> but um, that's how to get hold of me. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we will close for today. My clock says we're about out of time. So unless my clock's really wrong. Nope. Otherwise, we can 12. keep going. I'll, uh, I'll create more notes and off we go. I think your clock's right. We're good. I don't know. We, we can go for another half hour if you want. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for being here. And thank you, Ron and Larry, as always, for being here. So we appreciate it. It's a pleasure, as always. Right. Oh, there's everybody. the official clock in the background. I hear it. That's neat. <laughs> That's my chime clock. <laughs> we need to bring that closer to the microphone so we can hear that at the end of sessions. That's pretty cool. And that would be the official closeout. Okay. Everybody stay safe. Have a wonderful afternoon. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody.